Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L-I-F-O-1-5, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel and really excited for uh, our guest today in Kina Turner, the Vice President and Senior Advisor to the General Manager with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, here with the former executive of the San Francisco 49ers, the FEO, as Andy likes to refer to, um, our our co-host. And um, I'll let him take it away because uh, you guys have some uh, red and gold in common. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I was there for a while. Keen has uh, been there just a bit longer with uh, more significant background than me, <laughs> as he can see behind him. Uh, Keena, a, a few quick questions. So before you made the decision to go to Purdue, was there a second choice that you had collegiately? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Danny Miller happened to be at Iowa at the time, Andy, and he recruited me hard, man. I It came down right to the wire for me, and it was all about Denny and just what I thought of him and, and the way he handled me coming out of high school. And so it was a tough choice, but I think uh, I, had a, I had a high school teammate who was at Purdue, and I think he pushed it over the edge for me. Uh, and obviously, you know, being 125 miles from Chicago, uh, you know, help the case. <laughs> right. You could get home if things were going great. You yeah. could go, hi, I'm Kina. And if things weren't going great, it's like, no, pay no attention. <laughs> yeah, close enough, but far enough. <laughs> so when when you were running up and down the field and playing at the top level of college football, what what was going through your mind in terms of the next step? I know you were concentrating on football and winning games, yeah. but was there anything that you thought of sort of over the wall? What might be next? Hey, Andy, you can't forget he, he was a student athlete too, right? So there's, <laughs> there's that student part in there, I think. Well, uh, yes, I just took it for granted. <laughs> yeah, you know, you guys are giving way too much credit to the the 20 year old uh, Kena, you know, I, I was about as, you know, a lost cause as there was back then. I think my saving grace, uh, uh, you know, was the football, was the focus for me. Uh, you know, I was, a, I was a kid out of the south side of Chicago, Andy, and probably, I probably wouldn't have went to college if not for sports. I, I probably wouldn't have. And so, you know, when I got to college, I really wasn't real, really prepared for it, you know, it's for sure on the scholastic side of things. And so the football became, a, you know, a, a comfortable place where I could compete and be focused. And uh, and then I had some some good folks along the way. Jim Young, our head coach, you know, gave me some tough love while I was at Purdue to keep me on track. And so I don't I don't know that I had a real game plan that I could that I could recite to you, you know, Andy, uh, I, I got lucky in some ways and for uh -huh. sure I got very fortunate being, being drafted by the 49ers. And what, uh, what was your uh, other sports in high school? What else did you play everything? 
No, not really. I played a little basketball early, but it came down to really kind of focusing on football, you know, my last couple of years. And when uh, when you were playing for the Boilermakers, when did it come to you or somebody say, you know, this has been great. This is wonderful. There's something called the National Football League and you've played well enough. You might be able to play in it. Did, do you remember that moment? Yeah, I mean, you know, back in those days, so juniors didn't come out, right? And so you you stayed the four years. And so it wasn't an early decision, right? And and I think somewhere in there, uh, the idea that that was a possibility was there. But I was, you know, I was really narrowly focused on it. And we were, we were pretty good my junior and senior year at Purdue. I think we were nine, two and one my junior year and 10 and two. And so, uh, so we were actually pretty good and had something to play for. So I was really fixated on, on, on those opportunities at the right. time. And when it came close to saying, okay, yeah, you know, some, some scouts want to, want to visit, you want to see you, you know, uh, make some move, do a drop or two, that possibility became more of a, a, a real reality that it was going to happen. But at that time, your logo was Purdue. It yeah, was to be, was, right? And, that was it. <laughs> and, and you, had you ever been to San Francisco before? I had not been to San Francisco and I'd only been to California once we played, uh, we played UCLA, uh, geez, my junior year, mm -hmm. my junior or senior year down there. Right. And so that would be, that had been my one visit to California. So listen, I'll tell you this part of the story, Andy. So when I got drafted, uh, and I was, you know, no entourage. I was home alone in my in my apartment in West Lafayette. Nobody in there with me. And uh, when I got the call from the 49ers, uh, the guy that called me was Norm Hecker. Yeah. And to show you how much I knew about the 49ers, I thought Norm Hecker was the head coach. Right. <laughs> and Norm that, was, was, that <laughs> was with the B, right? N-O-R-B, not right. Norm, but Norm, yeah. Hecker. Norm Hecker. And he turned out to be the linebacker coach, which obviously is why he was calling me. Right. So that's how much I knew about California, the 49ers, <laughs> <laughs> where I was going. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you didn't know that you were going to go play for, a, you know, Know, truly American's team before there was American's team. <laughs> so the, Purdue means so much to your family and so much to you. And there's been, uh, you know, this wonderful story of you and your daughter. If you could just share that with our mm -hmm. listeners, um, that'd be great. Yeah, that, well, I tell you, it was, it was kind of some unfinished business that had been hanging there. And so I mentioned to you how, you know, maybe unfocused I was on school. But when I came to the 49ers, I was very fortunate to, you know, spend time with Dr. Harry Edwards and Bill. And they had started all these wonderful programs for the players. Uh, actually, player programs got adopted by the NFL and got standardized. Uh, yeah, I was lucky at, enough to know Harry when I got here, Dr. Yeah. Harry and you know, the impact that he's made on so many yeah. people is yeah. incredible. Yeah, no, he he really has. And to this day, he's an influence for me. And so uh, the program that they put in place was a degree completion program or and continued ed program. So through that program, I was able to go back to USF and complete my degree. 
And so I had a degree. I didn't think at the time about going back to, to Purdue, and yet it was always there, right? You know, that I, that was unfinished business, that, you know, I really wanted to represent something to the kids, the families about how you go about it, you know, and that maybe it's never too late to do it. And so my wife is the one that started the process when I was 50, right? She, she said she was going to surprise me by going to Purdue and figuring out a way for me to obtain my, my Purdue degree. And it, it, it laid out there for a while. The kids were growing up. Uh, and, and then when my daughter decided to go to Purdue, which really surprised me, when Ella decided to go to Purdue, uh, we kind of, the wife kind of breathed life back into this idea, right? And so we got to a point, you know, at, where Purdue said, hey, look, if you do this, if you complete these other classes to go along with things that, that, that we got here, uh, you could walk with Ella. And, and that was Purdue's, you know, uh, idea and possibility. And once I heard that, I was, I was gone, right? right? I'm in, yeah. you know, so let's go. And so, uh, and so it was a, it was a, it was an experience because getting back in school and physical geography kicked my butt and, and all of that. But man, looking back, was it so worth it? And the opportunity to walk into Ross A Stadium uh, with my daughter was amazing, you know, and to, it was a special day because she was graduating and you lay on top of it, you know, for me to come back and finish that part of the business uh, was so wonderful, uh, a memory. Uh, and it's my most special moment, obviously, of my time spent at West Lafayette. That is, that is a absolutely spectacular story because it's true. <laughs> and, yeah. and that you know and and the power of family um you know both on the field and and at home is so important yeah. so you know a bit of a, a segue you had no uh way that you could see into the future of the incredible athletes uh, performers coaches owners that you had mm. as as you look back you know, as you said, hey, I was just keen to turn around out for <laughs> playing football. Yeah. As you look back um, at that group and what you accomplished um, and the amazing lives that were created and then a loss of somebody like Dwight uh, mm. Clark and, and others from that team, what, what stands out to you the most? Well, for sure, and to your point, Andy, the journey and all of that's a part of, of it is, is quite a bit, but, you know, in my early years, uh, you know, my rookie year with the team, we went six and 10. And, uh, you know, when you look back, you know, we were very fortunate. A lot of, a lot of people say you have to have, you know, three of the four to win, you know, like in football, you that you got to have a you know, franchise quarterback, you know, a head coach, a, you know, a general manager and an owner. You know, you got to you got to have three of the four that are elite because everything else underneath them works. Right. And I think, you know, I was fortunate to hit a time with our organization where we had them all. You know, we had them all firing on all cylinders. And so there was a road to that. Right. Uh, in my rookie year, we went six and ten. The next year we won our first Super Bowl. The following year, we didn't make the playoffs. Uh, strike short year, went three and six. 
And the next year we lost in the NFC championship uh, to the Washington Redskins. So those, those three, four years were our formative years to me because we, we went from six and 10, we were on the mountaintop, we got kicked back down, we, we struggled back up, not quite there, then we win it again. And we go 18 and one um, in 84. And from there, there was a foundation in place, right? And, uh, you know, obviously the great draft of Ronnie Lott and Eric Wright and Carlton Williamson came my, you know, my second year. And obviously Joe was here the year before me. And my quick story about Joe is, you know, obviously Notre Dame, Purdue, there's a big clash there, right? And so uh, I think it's my junior year and we're playing Notre Dame, I think the second game of the season. And we're, we're pounding them, Andy. We're pounding them, man. We got our hand around it. We're pounding them, right? Hear that, so, Jake? It's this guy. He's pounding Joe Pounding them, right? And so, uh, and so Joe's like the third-string quarterback. So first-string quarterback's playing so bad, they go to the second-string quarterback. We knock him out of the game. They go back to the first-string quarterback. He's still playing bad. Finally, in the like the end of the third quarter, they finally look down there and say, okay, put him in. <laughs> you know, but they put Joe, guy from yeah, they put him in. Listen, they put him in, and like the rest is history. They beat us. They go on. He wins the national championship or something. And so when I get here to the 49ers and I walk in the locker room, I don't know many people, but I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what he's capable of, right? So, you know, you started to see it form, and obviously we added you know, the Hall of Famers along the way. Jerry comes, you know, after we've already run a couple Super Bowl, but he, you know, goes on to set another standard for us. Roger Craig, I mean, just Fred Dean, you know, just the list of guys that came along um, as a part of what we established or then carrying it forward uh, was just pretty amazing to be a part of. Yeah. So, Jake, I'll, I'll throw it to you for a second and segue to loss of logo. As Kina was talking, I was thinking of, OK, loss of logo. And then I was thinking of the names, just some of the names that he threw out and what they've accomplished. Every one of those individuals became an icon. They weren't just logos, what <laughs> they've accomplished. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie and Joe and Roger and Dwight and so and Bill and other coaches and Eddie DeBartolo and <laughs> announcers. This wasn't just, yeah, I had a job. I was on that team <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Um, maybe our next book should be Icons Forever. I mean... <laughs> And these people have, these individuals have stood the test of time. They, they haven't disappeared as some others do. So I'll throw it to you, Jake, on, the, uh, on an LOL uh, crossover to icons and what Kina has experienced. Well, you know, Kina, from a, a standpoint of, you know, that transition from the field to the front office, right? and the journey and trying to understand a different perspective, maybe through a different lens. What was that like for you? And ultimately, what was it like to lose that, that player name in a sense, you know, to then go to the one that's in the front office that's got to pick some of the players? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that transition definitely was difficult for me. I mean, physically, uh, I, 
gotten an, I had an ACL my eighth year in the league. So physically, I had gotten to a point and understood I was done physically. And so mentally, it was a little easier to wrap my head around not being able to play anymore, though it was a little difficult. But emotionally, I think, took me a while, right, to just really figure out where I was, you know, what I was, you know, what could I do moving forward? And I, and I did get to a point where I said, okay, you know, those same kinds of focus and, and dedication and ability to work at something, all of those are applicable to, you know, most things in life, right? So I got there, but it, it took a while in the transition. And I, I think the thing that helped me was that I just kept busy. You know, so when I retired, I, I came upstairs and worked, you know, part time while I was going to school uh, for the Niners. And then the very next year, I, uh, I went to, to Stanford uh, and worked for Bill uh, coaching, did that for three years. And then I, you know, uh, started doing some radio and TV, went and worked for DeBarlow Entertainment as we chased Propositions DNF. Um, you know, came back to the Niners and, and uh, worked for six years. And play. so, you know, I think for me, it was really a part of kind of keeping busy, doing a variety of things, uh, left the Niners again after six years and went to dealer school. Ronnie and I built a, you know, a car dealership, went, did a year in dealer school, was a general manager. And, uh, and then got the chance to work, uh, work uh, for Andy. And what Andy gave me as a very young person coming back uh, was the opportunity. He had a, I mean, and it's, I mean, this is recorded history, you know, just, you know, his ability to see the future. But he gave me an opportunity to kind of work on the football side, but be a part of the business side. And that was a wonderful experience for me uh, that I, could be over in football and kind of, you know, do some things that I understood, but also get a chance to, you know, see the business side of, uh, of what we do in the organization and get that kind of experience. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, a great opportunity for me in the organization. As Kino was talking, um, if you want to know anything, Jake, about the San Jose Sabercats, you're talking <laughs> to the guy who knows everything about it in Kina. And then it just hit me, Kina, that Joe Montana, you know, that quarterback guy, he's an investor in fan-controlled football. Uh. And here's Jake from Purdue and Kina from Purdue. I'm And holy mackerel, this is sort of a cosmic episode, right? <laughs> It's all, it definitely it's all has brain. It has brain fuel in it. How's that? Andy, Andy knows how to how to plug the sponsor when when you need to. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting, Kina. When you think about the logos that you've had along the way, I definitely want to get to the car dealership one. That that we will we will not escape that one before this episode's over. Because you cannot just drop the yeah. I started a car dealership and then move on to, um, but. How do you separate the logo from who Kina Turner is? And, you know, yes, you've got that decal on the helmet and you've got the decal on the polo, but you are Kina as well. Yeah, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, you know, I think, it, you know, your your relationships uh, and your family uh, really define you and um, and some of, uh, you know, some of the other things that come along with the logo 
you know, are the business, you know, and uh, for sure, um, the logo is what we all did and had a great appreciation and focus on the work. But the but the person is, you know, is obviously much more than that. And so I think for me, I, it's always been easy uh, to, you know, kind of separate it all. I've been very fortunate, you know, in terms of the relationships uh, that I've, you know, that I've come to over the years, some very good people, some different crossroads in my life uh, where I've met folks that have helped me get through and across the road at times. And so uh, you get to a point, you know, where you look at it and you understand, you know, those things that are, you know, really important. You know, I told uh, the, the kids at, at, I said, I call them kids, but the players at Purdue, few years back that, you know, my Super Bowl rings are uh, in my sock drawer and, uh, and my diploma's on the wall. And so, you know, it's just keeping a perspective about it and, uh, and, and, you know, trying to, you know, be better and the right example uh, for family and life. Yeah, Kina, let's, let's end uh, on this question. You spend a lot of time with the players and not necessarily, you know, this is the game plan, here's what you're doing, but them as people, as human beings, as growing up, and they have their challenges. It's not quite as simple as what's happening on Sundays. And they come to you for advice and you're dealing with the coaches and John Lynch and others. When you're speaking to these young men, what what comes across as their greatest challenge? What do they ask you mm. about what you've experienced and what they're trying to grapple with? Yeah, well, I think we've done a great job here. Uh, Austin Moss is the director of our play engagement area, and he's done a great job of bringing resources uh, to our guys. I think the I think the challenge that I have sometime, Andy, in the relation to where guys are now is just the whole impact and influence of social media and the immediate kind of uh, influences that that brings uh, to every situation. Though these guys have grown up with it, it still uh, has a great influence on, on their lives. And, and really, this is a young people kind of issue, not necessarily just our locker room issue. And so I think what's interesting is that the young guys you see today have a lot of the same challenges in terms of, you know, maturity and life as we did as, as, as young guys. And where I have to always keep my balance is in my conversations with the young guys has to do with me thinking about where I was at 21 not where I am at 62. And so, you, you know, I try not to give a guy too much. I try not to give him too much of the 62 right. <laughs> and just <laughs> give him a little bit more of maybe, uh, you know, the 25 <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully, you know, that helps. <laughs> you know, I, I want to, I want to wrap up with our brain fuel segment in that um, throw a couple rapid fire questions to you. We can, we can take the 21 perspective and the 62 perspective on this question. Cause I want an answer on both. Mm. But how do you mentally prepare for your day? And, you know, let's take the example in, you know, the front office seat you sit in now, as opposed to when you were playing in the NFL. Well, you know, the 21 and the 62 me are, are still pretty much the same in that, uh, 
you know, you want to attack it uh, and 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 show that, you know, as a teammate, I always wanted to show that I was holding up my end. Right. Uh, I think the I think the biggest compliment uh, I felt you could get as a player uh, was the respect of your opponent and the respect of your teammate. You know, that 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 kind of drove me every day. So at practice, I was proving every day I deserved to be there and was going to compete to, you know, to the end. And I think I, I think it's the same way in the front office. You come in and every day competing you know, trying to be better, trying to make us better and doing everything that's necessary to get there. Right. And so the goal is to win. And, and so that's the big picture, but, but there's these small steps every day you have to take. And so, uh, so I still get up every day saying, okay, I got to take these small steps. How am I contributing? What am I bringing to the table? Why am I here? How do you, how do you, how do you stay sharp in terms of those small wins as it, as it regards to productivity, right? And, you know, you might have a good day at practice. You might have a bad day at practice. You might have a yeah. good day in the office. You might have a bad day in the office. How do you stay sharp in that sense? Well, I think one of the questions that's fundamental for me is, uh, am I who I say I am? You know, and are we who we say we are? And uh, I try and stay aligned with that. You know, do I walk or talk? Do I walk my talk? And so I, I try to always start with self in terms of, you know, a lot of times it's easy to look over there in the corner and say, yeah, this is our problem. That's our problem. You know, he's our problem. They're our problem. You know, I kind of start my day saying, okay, what am I doing? You know, and I, it's not that I don't have those days where I say the problem's over there, but I try to bring my, always bring myself back to, okay, what's my part in it? What am I doing? And, uh, you know, uh, it's always about coming back to the track, uh, not that, that we don't ever get off it. Yeah. And I would just say, as, as we bid adieu, unless Jake has some other very difficult hits, do you have some other questions? I do, because I told you, I said, I'm not, I'm not leaving this episode. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Go, and then I'll finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so Kina, what, what was the favorite car that you let go off that lot? The favorite car? Yeah, that you got to sell off that lot. Well, here, here, here's what I would say, Jake. I, uh, I never got to drive the Land Cruiser. I couldn't afford it, even though, I, you know, <laughs> Roddy would never let me have one of those. But uh, uh, I was a Prius guy. <laughs> I, drove, I drove every Prius every year, right? I had to have a new Prius every year. So that's my favorite car. <laughs> I got their one now. Their dealerships <laughs> were basic, right? Like they were. They didn't, you know, they weren't dealing with all these frou-frou automobiles. Yeah, and no. when Keen and I, we have coffee from time to time on the mean streets of Los Altos. And I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but um, every once in a while, I see a Lamborghini SUV, which I thought was absolutely impossible. <laughs> and then a week later, I saw a Bentley SUV. <laughs> so that, you know... You know, that those cars should not be made, right? Yeah. Well, I, I've seen a few of them in our parking lot. And, yeah. Okay. And I, I haven't gotten a chance to drive them yet, though, Andy, but yeah. I've seen a few. Yeah. <laughs> Kina, Kina, what's your favorite part about the Prius? I got to ask. Oh, I don't know, man. I think it goes all the way back to, what is it, 2002 when they first came out. I had the first one. And uh, I've just had a love affair with it, right? <laughs> you know, I had the first one, and so I'm still going strong. <laughs> love it, love it. 
Andy, wrap it up for us. No, I could just see Keena at the Super Bowl presenting Joe Montana with his brand new Prius after <laughs> the MVP. Um, <laughs> Keena Turner, to me, always represented the three basics that we talk about, teamwork, leadership, and trust. And if you have an individual, a professional that represents those, you can create anything. And Keena and those around him, they've done it. Um, the Niners have had an incredible history. There's lots of expectations for the coming season, but that's why people love professional sports because you just never know if it's going to be 12 and four or, you know, the opposite, but you got an extra game, right? So there's another, there's another game coming. So Kina, thank you, uh, for sharing, uh, your journey with us and uh good luck in the upcoming season yeah thanks andy thanks jake appreciate you guys boiler you. up and hammer down all right uh, those boiler, boiler makers i'm out <laughs> i'm outvoted bye everyone <laughs> bye guys yeah Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by BrainFuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at BrainFuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, Fuel.com, with the code LIFO15, L-I-F-O-1-5 at checkout. And if you like BrainFuel, give us a shout out, comment, share, and leave a review. And a reminder to get your copy of LOL, Loss of Logo, What's Your Next Move? Our new book written by Andy Dolich and your host, Jake Hirschman. If you go to mascotbooks.com and enter the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, you'll receive 50% off at your checkout or available on Amazon, ebook, and print.